hello, hello, everyone! Thank you so much for returning with us as we return to Spilled Popcorn. That's right, we are back with the latest and greatest in the streaming MCU-verse. Yes. We're talking about Hawkeye. There's your co-host, Cam Wiggs. How you doing, Cam? Doing great. I'm doing fantastic. You know why? Because Spilled Popcorn is back, and it's... As the kids say, it's been a minute, Kirk. It's been a minute. I don't. I don't think kids actually say that. I think they said that when I was young. So when we were kids, we said it's been a minute. Yeah. Now the kids say no cap on God. They sheesh. You know, this is the, <laughs> yes. There's lots of us, sheeshing. Yes, us having this very conversation makes us chuggy. Chuggy. Yes, That's that, right. That Good, Kirk. Guru. You're learning. Yes. Yes, because I am chuggy. I'm not proud, but I am chuggy. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is us, the cool adults <laughs> right. in their 30s. This is something special because we are chatting about Hawkeye today. That's yes. right. We have discussed WandaVision. We've discussed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've discussed Loki. What if? And now, finally, Hawkeye is here. Cam, let me ask you. Did you ever think, ever that Hawkeye would have its own television series. No, I didn't. But I'm glad. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that it does. And as you were listing that off, I just had the revelation that we've had five. This is our fifth MCU series this calendar year. We, I mean, <sighs> hashtag blessed MCU fans. You know, like we got four, four movies this year and, and five shows. Like, come on now. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I was talking to uh, to my old mentor, Mr. Rogers, uh, who listens to this podcast. Shout out, Mr. Rogers. And he was talking to me about how he thinks his his year has been so busy that he's like, I think I'm two Marvel movies behind. And I'm like, two Marvel movies behind? Wow. Yeah. Because there's been so much. So, man, stay up. Stay awake. Stay woke, everyone. Stay because there woke. is so much. Uh, can we just, like, always have that little... <laughs> Little snippet. That little, woke. that little uh, childish Gambino. Yeah, we can make that yes. happen. That can be a reality. <laughs> so you gotta, st- you gotta, you gotta stay on this because it is nuts. I mean, we feel for you. It's been a very busy year. Yeah. Uh, for everyone, but um, yeah, hashtag blessed for all the content out there because it is wild coming left and right. Yes. So let's talk about. Hawkeye episode one and two is now available. Um, episode three is also available. We're going to chat about that on the next episode of spilled popcorn. So this is your introductory snippet into the series. If you're just a smidge behind, just a smidge behind, we're going to talk about everything that was wonderful in this episode. And the first, first two episodes, the butter, let's start with our leading man, Jeremy Renner, Mr. Hawkeye himself, I mean, when you when you look at this transplant of this character from the MCU, starting in Thor, of all places, he shows up in Thor, and he is ready to just just dome yeah. <laughs> our leading man, Chris Pop Hemsworth, skulls. <laughs> as he's going in for that hammer. And then you get to one of the most uh, influential moments where he's telling Wanda, "You go out there, you're an Avenger in the in the uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron." To this. I mean, he has had such arguably one of the biggest character arcs. He is one of the original Avengers, but he wasn't one of the leading four 
dudes, right? And here he is, front and center in his own in his own show. How are you feeling about Jeremy Renner in this in this kind of a little bit jaded role right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited for a thousand reasons. Uh, first of all, because I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that through the movies, Hawkeye is almost no one's favorite Avenger. You know, he just doesn't really get the time of day. He's he's been desperately needing a chance to flesh out more of these details but this is the perfect opportunity for it i mean the fact of the matter is that jeremy renner is a stellar actor and as i watch more of his filmography i just find myself falling more and more in love with the work that he can do um in building a character and this is a perfect opportunity for him to just take six hours to flesh out more of clint barton and Clint Barton is an incredibly important character to the MCU because he is, without doubt, the most grounded character in all of the MCU, the most relatable. He's got a family. We know them, you know? Like, he has um, he has a hearing aid, which we, you know, we got to explore in these first two episodes. So he's, he's living a very normal life with normal problems, and... Also, you know, he doesn't have superpowers. He he's the he's the best archer in the world, but you know, he doesn't have a superpowers, he doesn't have a super suit. So I think, you know, him and Scott Lang are really the most accessible heroes that we have as as fans. And that's so necessary when you've got stuff on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And as the MCU goes farther and farther into this interstellar direction that they're heading characters like this that are just super grounded very old school superheroes are going to be incredibly incredibly valuable and important to the storytelling and so i think this show is a great opportunity to do that and i think jeremy renner is absolutely the right person to bring it home there's three things that you sparked my memory on. Hopefully I can remember all three things. You know, he's a real person and he is jumping on aliens in New York city, right? In the With Avengers. reckless abandon, <laughs> just like off of skyscrapers and just like shooting them and getting, getting just blown up and like trusting that someone will catch him at some point. So that's one of them. Uh, the second one is that, um, Oh goodness. I think I've already lost it. Oh, um, his, his just, um, self-reflection on how everything is playing out right so yeah. in this in episode two i believe we have him approach the larping uh scene the, <laughs> which is it's a fantastic. great moment and the larping community you got to give them so much respect because their commitment to what they do is quite extraordinary um i i don't know that i fit into that crowd but i would absolutely love to try it out and you see him going into it saying i fought thanos <laughs> yeah darkness. It's just so, so incredible. And like I thought, I did forget my third item. So we're just going to move right That's along okay. from there. Um, so let's talk about the new introduction, Miss Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld. And her ability to just roll up in the MCU and play her part. How do you feel so far about Haley? Okay, so I have to, I have a confession to make, which is that I'm a massive Haley Steinfeld stan, have been since True Grit. I think she's an incredible actor. Um, I've loved her in just about everything that she's done, and I think she has just incredible ability. So that being said, you can take this for th with a grain of salt if you're not in that camp. Um, I love what she's bringing to Kate Bishop so far through the first two episodes. Just a great, um, 
a great energy, something that feels a little bit different than what we've gotten in the MCU so far. You know, she's got a, she's got a flair for the sarcastic a little bit. She's almost got a little bit of a Tony Stark type of humor about her and the way that she delivers, uh, which we're obviously missing now. RIP sweet Prince, Tony Stark. Um, you know, so it's good. I think, you know, when I look forward to things like Young Avengers and things that we've obviously theorized on spilled popcorn in the past of things that are coming, I think she's exactly the right person for the job and someone who can do this. And in the first two episodes, I feel like she absolutely held her own and showed why she belongs here and what she can bring to the table, which is a ton of energy, uh, really solid acting performance, and fun. She's she's fun. She's got good delivery, good comedic timing, and there's been some really great back and forth between Clint and Kate Bishop so far in these first uh, couple episodes. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> I am I'm growing. I'm growing in my in my fandom for Haley. Um, you know, her first introduction for me was her music, yeah. and then her next one was Pitch Perfect Two, which that's not really a fair. It's not uh, fair. It's not fair. Her. Don't trust it. <laughs> of her acting abilities and I've seen her in a couple other things and something about her is definitely um, endearing and I think that she will grow uh, a little bit more you you we don't I don't think we've landed her on her most optimal role yet but this one might be really close to it because I'm already seeing from episode one to two them growing her character out from uh, kind of cliche moments uh, kind of her bag of tricks that she's really good at to again nuanced character developed character specific specific moments that we see her in so maybe this is the role that helps reshape her and and catapult her to uh, she's already a huge star but catapult her to kind of um and she's already a household name catapult her to i don't know that um, she is i don't know that she, she is, is. I, I, oh, I think I mean, she is i think it depends on the household <laughs> i think it depends i think <laughs> i think the younger generation knows Haley steinfeld but i don't know that i don't know that everybody does so I, I feel like this will make her household name okay uh, one second we're gonna call my granddad we're gonna bring <laughs> yeah, him let's interview him and uh granddad granddad you're on the <laughs> line i wish we like, could who, do that what we, <laughs> we can't do that yet but some someday soon um okay i feel that i feel that yeah so i think that definitely like you said their chemistry already is pretty cool because they both live in this kind of sarcastic world like can't believe this is happening to me let's figure it out let's move forward yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? i love it i love it um one of the other big highlights uh, of of uh, the butter that i want to talk about is this um ongoing uh villain that's kind of look over your shoulder and they're suddenly there that i hope remains in the mcu for decades to come and that is the tracksuit mafia yes sir this this is incredible so in episode one near the end of it we suddenly find that the ronin suit has been stolen uh and is suddenly on on in in the move you know uh Haley steinfeld dons it and she is out there fighting crime and the tracksuit mafia who has tangoed with the real ronin uh, and if you remember it's when hawkeye during the blip he just lost his mind and he's like i'm gonna take down everyone yeah i'm gonna take <laughs> just every bad crew they will die at the hand of my sword and he's got this super sick retractable sword and we only get a glimpse of that in the in the mcu and in infinity war and and even in end game but that's that's the suit of chaos that was reigned and the tracksuit mafia apparently is someone that he crossed and these goons are 
they're somewhat scary because there's a lot of them and they're big, but they're mostly hilarious. They are the yeah. just traditional henchmen. What do you, I mean, I love them. What are your thoughts on the, the tracksuit mafia? Yeah, so uh, I had some pre-existing knowledge of the tracksuit mafia from the Matt Fraction, uh, David Aja comics, the Hawkeye comics from 2012, that run, you know, with the purple, you know, this, the sort of imagery that we're seeing in the opening sequence and stuff like that yeah. of this show. Uh, and they're prevalent in that. And also, you know, pretty funny just because, I mean, they're called the tracksuit mafia and the way that they interact with each other is funny, but, uh, it's fun. It's fun. Let's bring some levity to the, to the villains. It's not something we do all the time in the MCU. I think we did it with the scrolls a little bit, you know, they, they sort of walk the line between, good and evil, the scrolls, you know, they, they sort of dance to the beat of their own drum in a way, but it's, it's fun and it's a, it's a good time, but they were, they maintain their, their threateningness, you know, especially mm -hmm. towards the end where even while they're cracking jokes, it's like that, you know, towards the end of episode two, it's like, well, Kate and Clint are obviously in a very compromising position with these guys, whether they're cracking jokes or not. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Beautiful. I mean, I kind of want to go. I know that Halloween is uh, 2022 is far away, but can I just go as one of those guys for yeah, Halloween? Yeah, for sure. It'll be still I, be topical. They might confuse me with like Jason Sudeikis from <laughs> SNL. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of if you've watched Barry, the. Uh, yes. What are they? Are they Slovenian? Oh, no. Uh, what are they? The Mafia? Yeah. Some sort of Eastern European. And, and it's just like those guys, like the banter is similar and the, the outfits are similar. It's very funny. Yes, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I think then the last thing I want to talk about is um, is really briefly uh, Ronan's return because yeah. we we get this we get this super sick glimpse of him again in the MCU, and we get the even the flashback to remind us uh, of who of who Ronan is. It's it's Jeremy Renner. It is Hawkeye. It's Clint Barton, and. Do we think that in this series, because we're here at the front of it, there's only six episodes, do we think we could get a partial or even full flashback episode to Ronan? Yeah, I think I think I think that's coming. I don't know that we will get a full episode just because of the nature of the show and the fact that it's six hour long episodes. But I do think there are more Ronan flashbacks to come because I think you know, in general, that's what this is about in a way. Of course, there is this passing of the torch that's going on. You know, everyone's sort of expecting Jeremy Renner to sort of ride off into the sunset as Hawkeye with his family after the events of this, I think. And, you know, Kate Bishop to take up the mantle as the greatest archer in the world. But it's also about Clint answering for the way that he reacted during the blip and the five years there and, and having to clean up his mess for Ronan. And it's something that his wife obviously understands and he understands and he's a little bit annoyed by it, but it's there. So yeah, I think we need to see more. I think we need to see more. And I think that it's necessary um, too when you talk about reconciling his feelings about Nat, which they really have only briefly scratched the surface of in the first two episodes. I feel like they have a lot of ground to cover there. But, yeah, I want more Ronan. I think that that will make a lot of sense. And uh, I, I think that, yes, we will get a flash. We will get more flashbacks and hopefully bring some things into focus there. Dude, speaking of his family, shout out Linda Cardellini, who, again, She's will in everything. be in every single franchise before she dies. And, and, <laughs> and yet she brings something to the table every time. That's what I love. 
Yes, she's an incredible actor. And what what we find in this is that she's also maybe the most understanding person on the face of the planet. He's like, hey, I don't know. I'm really trying to be home <laughs> for Christmas. And she's like, well, you know, if you make it, you make it. But you, you could try this flight. If you don't, I understand. You're saving the world. No big deal. Yeah. I'm like, what? Just don't die is basically what she's like. She's like, just, <laughs> you know, st- be careful. It's, <laughs> Yes, yes. So, I mean, just just bravo, bravo all around, Linda Cardellini. Um, I just, I just, I know they're when they reunite, and I, they better reunite. Like, if they decide to, you know, end uh, Hawkeye, end Clint Barton. Yeah, I don't know. It's a possibility. They obviously. can't, Kirk. They can't. They cannot. I, I, who knows? Six episodes. Episode six. Who knows? If they kill him, I think there will be mass outrage. There might be. He if, might be if the. If ever there was a character in this trill in this series that you need to let ride off into the Tuscan sunset, it has to be Hawkeye. It has he, to be. Yeah, he needs to go off on a beach and just, or or Dexter it up and live in the snow. You know, <laughs> like they teed us up for the Tony death a thousand times. They yeah. like, it was obvious that he was <laughs> that he was dying at a certain point. You're like, okay. You know, he's tried to die multiple times and didn't. <laughs> Hawkeye has done nothing but try not to die. You know, like he's got his family. Everybody's trying to save this dude. You know, you've got Quicksilver, Nat, you know, like they do not want him to die. They can't have him die. He can't die. I just, I right. can't allow it. It can't right. happen. So, so then that means like who's going to be the final sacrifice where he's like, I can't uh, let anyone die for me anymore. I don't know. Hmm. Haley Steinfeld. No, just kidding. <laughs> they introduce her and kill her in the first six episodes. Of Tragic. She's like, sorry, I've got a big deal with DC. You know, got to kill me off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the crumbs real briefly. I, I only have a couple and then I want to open the floor. And by couple, I mean one. And then yeah. I want to open the floor because I know Cam is just ready. He's ready to hop on that bike and drop some sick notes from comic lore. The it. first one I have, we haven't talked about it, is uh, basically highly, highly Stein, highly Steinfeld. Highly Steinfeld, yes. She has a mother who is uh, Vera, and I can never say her last Farmiga? name. Vera Far- Farmiga. Farmiga. Uh, you've seen her in The Departed uh, as probably my favorite role of hers, but then in uh, dozens, dozens of other fantastic films. And her mother is the this lead um, tech billionaire uh, who is uh, into the cybersecurity and security networks and all of these things. And she has a new boo, and his name is Tony Dalton. And you might recognize him from Better Call Saul as Lalo Salamanca. He is a freaky, freaky guy. Very yes. horrifying. And of course, of course, he's up to no good. And Haley Steinfeld uh, just sniffs that out right away. You see them have this like fencing um, match, if you will, in the lobby of their apartment uh, that they that her and her mother live in. And she knows, Haley knows that he is up to no good. So what is he hiding? What is he hiding, Cam? Do we know more about this character? Who yeah. is he? So, uh, yes, Jack, he is, he's swordsman. He's a, he's a, he's a villain from older Hawkeye, you know, from Hawkeye's past. So it remains to be, you know, obviously Jack and Clint have not crossed paths yet. So it remains to be seen if that is the case in this era. You know, there are lots of things that they do where they give a character a name and, and 
likeness, but they have a different backstory than what they have in the comics. I mean, that's super popular in the MCU. It's something that they do a lot. So we don't know if he's going to end up knowing Clint or if he's just going to have this relationship with Haley. But uh, he's a bad dude. He's a bad mamma jamma. He's, you know, he, he does have sword skills. His character's name was the Swordsman. And he's formidable, for sure. So he could be our, our biggest bad in this series. But, you know, the other thing, you mentioned Vera. She bad. She bad. She's bad? I'm just, I'm just theorizing. Because, well, first of all, Vera, scary person. She can play a, a scary person very well. Yes. Uh, she has on many, on many occasions. But also, in the comics, she dies... But then turns out, nope, she's not dead. She's actually working against her own daughter. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll see. I mean, there's definitely vibes, right, Kirk, in these first two episodes? Like, there's definitely vibes. Yeah, um, she's always, like, in, in dim lighting. She's always wearing, like, this, not, like, bright passion red, but, like, blood red, wine red in all of her scenes. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, there's vibes. There's vibes. And I, I think that that will come to full fruition because they, they sort of had, um, they had Kate's dad die during the Battle of New York. And that doesn't happen in the comics. And her mom does die in the comics, and but then actually isn't dead. And so... I don't know how that will come to full fruition. If she's been working with Jack all along, if they have this master plan, who knows? Um, I do think that, uh, what's his name? Armand, the the guy Mm -hmm. who ends up getting it, presumably being killed by Jack via sword. Uh, that whole exchange almost makes me feel like she's already involved in things because he was, they had that conversation and then he turned up dead and it was obviously not her who killed him, but probably Jack. So, yeah, there's there's major bad guy vibes going on from both of those two. Mm. And I like that. I liked knowing that she turns on her own daughter because then that would lead me to believe that, you know, as far as star power goes, uh, leading into the Young Avengers, Yeah, I would assume that Haley Steinfeld's at the top of that list. And so if, the, if she could turn into the big bad, like continued bad, uh, maybe she dies in this series and then gets resurrected and whatever that looks like. So, okay, I'm, I'm on for this. I'm on. Yeah, and there's always the possibility that uh, <laughs> Julie Louis-Dreyfus swoops in at the end of this series and says, hey, join my, join my team of kind of bad people, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how it ends. Uh, so we'll see. There's a lot of options on the table for, for our two villains. And there's room for more villains. I mean, we got the tracksuit mafia. We got mystery person at the end of the second episode, which we'll get into. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. It's a, it's a full house right now. Full house. <laughs> Everywhere you look, the floor is yours. Cam, what do you want to talk about? We'll, we'll start there since you brought up full house, which uh, for fans will remember takes place in San Francisco. Um, Let's talk West Coast. Let's talk West Coast Avengers, Kirk. It's been, you know, it's been something that we've brought up a few times a lot during WandaVision because Scarlet Witch is a is a big part of the West Coast Avengers setup. The whole Scarlet Witch vision situation, uh, a lot of what happens in WandaVision happens in the comics during a West Coast Avengers run. There's been other nods to it. Um, there's a fun, there, I mean, this these first two episodes are chock full of all kinds of comic Easter eggs. Lots of stuff that's like, you know, they gave this character this name, which in the comics is this person, you know, like little nods here and there. But a few juicy things are the apartment that she buzzes into 
um, where she needs to find a place to go. It's like, what does she say? It's her aunt or something like that, or, or somebody in Florida, um, that one of the names on there or the, the name on the apartment is Moira Brandon, uh, who is a super wealthy person in the comics who ends up, um, being heavily involved in the, in the West coast Avengers getting set up like, uh, houses them and, and at some point is involved with Hawkeye, like, like saves his life and is involved in multiple plot lines, like just a normal rich person, but is involved in the West coast Avengers. So it's possible that if that faction gets, uh, spun up that aunt Moira, uh, (laughs) helps, uh, bankroll that a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. It could, Mm -hmm. again, it could just be one of those things. That's a nod, but you know, if you've listened to our other recaps of spilled popcorn, you've heard West Coast Avengers on more than one occasion. So that's something to call out. I think the other thing, end of end of episode two, cliffhanger, we get Echo, uh, which is Maya Lopez, and played by Aliqua Cox, who and that's the reason that I, you know, I recognize it because I've seen her picture. I'm like, oh, that's Echo. I, I have not read Echo Comics um, before, but I know of her. And here's something, Kirk, I'm going to drop. It might blow your mind a little bit. Uh, Okay. We're talking timelines here. So Hawkeye, at pretty much every turn of all the release date shuffling, has always been set to come out around Spider-Man No Way Home. The last episode of Hawkeye is set to come out the uh, five days after, or or three days after, or something like that. Five, yep. December 17th is No Way Home. Yes. The 22nd is the final episode of Hawkeye. Right. So five days after No Way Home comes out. Why does that matter? Well, Echo, who is at the end of episode two, who does, you know, who there's obviously a show coming out about Echo on Disney Plus, for those of you that have heard. Um, She is a deaf superhero. And she is related to Kingpin. She's related to Kingpin, one of the biggest bads in... Uh, Marvel lore, you know, one of the most grounded bads as well. He's a, he's a Spider-Man villain. He's a villain of the defenders. He's a villain of all kinds of people. He's one of these fan favorites. And you know, the reason that that matters is that the fact that it comes out, the last episode comes out after no way home. It's heavily rumored that Matt Murdock played by Charlie Cox will appear in Spider-Man no way home. So then you would think they would feel comfortable at the end of this series bringing back Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, yeah. As Kingpin from the Netflix series. I'm 90% sure that's happening now. I really am. It just lines up too well, doesn't it? The implication of that is huge. Yes. Because um, if you haven't watched the Daredevil series that came out of Netflix, who are you? I know you got to watch it. You got to watch it. What are you? Why are you the way that you are? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's absolutely incredible. Um, Season two gets a little bit um, dry a little bit, but really like they, they destroy it at the end of season two. And definitely season three is just a ride. It's so good. So, Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the reasons why, because that relationship that he has with Charlie Cox as Daredevil is just incredible. So if we get him back, back here into the MCU where he belongs, where Charlie Cox belongs, and then you get this uh, this fantastic version uh, of Echo, 
this is going to be great. Tell me more about Echo. I don't know a whole lot about Echo. Um, it's superhero related to Kingpin. What can she do? Uh, I don't know much about Echo, to be honest okay. with you. I don't really know. I don't really know what her story is as a hero because um, I haven't read any of it, and I feel like most of it's recent. Uh, okay, but uh, should be interesting. I think that she again is a pretty grounded hero. I think you know, a la Daredevil, Kate Bishop type thing. So she definitely fits in in this world. Um, but yeah, she. I think she. You know, right now she is at odds with our with our heroes right now, but she is, she has like in the same way that daredevil has, um, the ability to like see things like his, his disability gives him heightened senses. There is a similar thing going on with echo where like echo is able to react to things that are happening at a level that other people can't, um, because of the way that she's able to, sort of see things coming by hearing things. So she uses, because she doesn't have her ears, her eyes. So it's like, it's almost the exact opposite of Daredevil in a way where like, because her ears don't work the way that they're supposed to, right? She has heightened senses with her eyes and can pick up things before they happen. So it gives her like this foresight in a way, but, um, yeah, she's she's athletic. She can fight. You know, that's that's basically all I know. But as far as like a character, I don't really know what she's about. I think, you know, knowing that she has relation to Kingpin, you obviously think, you know, she's obviously tangling with the tracksuit mafia at the moment. So she's got uh, a mean streak in her. But I would assume that if she's getting her own show, she ends up being on the side of the good guys at some point. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to. I mean, no doubt I want to read some Echo comics ahead mm-hmm. of that show, but this is speeding up that timeline for me, so I want to get into it. This is nuts because I don't see her having any other credits, no other credits on her IMDb page. So Yeah, I think all, she's one of the young people that Marvel sort of plucked. Uh, you yeah. know, they, they did auditions and sort of uh, found her in the same way that they did with uh, Iman, who's playing... Uh, Miss Mar Miss Marvel. So yeah. So bravo to you because holy cow, <laughs> that's incredible. Like oh, by the way, you're going to be in one of the biggest franchises in the yeah. History have your of own film. show. Yeah, exactly. Huge. Yeah. So huge she's got to be an absolute baller. An absolute baller. So yeah. thank you for for gracing the screen. Um, Alaqua Cox. So yeah, that's fantastic. What else you got? Anything else before we go? One last thing is this watch. You know, like so. There's this auction right? There's this, um, this auction of like, what do they say? There's like things from the wreckage of Avengers tower or something yes. like that, or, Oh, the wreckage of Avengers mansion. Cause it's post in game. So the Avengers, well, you know, compound gets destroyed and they're auctioning off all this stuff. So a lot of it's the Ronin stuff, the Ronin suit, the Ronin sword, you know, that's why, that's why all these parties are coming together. But there's also this watch. There's this watch that they're talking about and it comes up in both episodes the watch and it has to be something significant. So the question is, whose is it? You start to spin your wheels about, you know, like who wears a watch. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. it's somebody probably like Tony, you would think. And if so, probably has some sort of powers to it, you know, has some sort of, it's probably not an ordinary watch. So that's I, I've just got my eye on that. I have no idea what's to come of it, but that's just me sort of reading the tea leaves and trying to connect the dots there. I think I think that watch has to have something to do with Tony and has to have something in it that will be relevant going forward. 
Yeah, you know, it's probably, I think I cracked the code here. I think it's, um, I think it's the Apple Watch 8, um, which has not come out yet. I think that's what they're just trying to do here. It's could just um, pure product placement. Product placement. Yeah, I like it. I like that's, it. That's it exactly be. how um, Marvel rolls. And watch, it's just like Bruce Banner's watch. It popped off of his arm when he <laughs> was the Hulk, and he's just like, yeah, yes. sorry, I was looking for that. <laughs> it's a total red herring. He just like plucks it on like, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks oh, it looks for that. He like he like checks it. We get like a three minute scene of him like recalibrating what time it is, like looking at the stove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be great. Um, but that's really all I got. I mean, I think the other thing I'm, I want more about Nat. I want more about the Clint Nat relationship and how he's feeling uh, about the way things went down because that had to be horrific right. for him, well, obviously. And he's had some time, right? Because there was a funeral and yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And can we finally get a real Budapest scene? A finally a real yeah, one, and not, I, not like a. We're not going to. I think they feel like they get. I feel. I think they feel like they scratched that itch with Black Widow. But I'm with you. I don't. I don't think they did. Um, no, there's so much more to play with there. So much more. I know. They're, it's just. It's one of those things that you look back on and you're like, they built this relationship, and there was so much more there that just never got tapped into. It's like if only. If only this could have gotten bigger faster so that they could have been doing these shows. Yeah, or, you know what I mean? Like something like that because it was needed and it feels like we're not going to get it now. So it was well, beautiful. Well, this has been quite the ride, quite the, uh, the old mark on the target. And I think we nailed it with our arrows. <laughs> <laughs> One might even call it a bullseye Kirk. Oh, he said it. He said it. I wasn't going to do it, but thank goodness I have Cam Wiggs here. Guys, that's him. I'm Kirk. We are so excited to go on this journey of Hawkeye. That was episode one and two recap. We're looking forward to episode three dropping very soon. Also, there's going to be a bonus surprise episode of Spilled Popcorn. You'll have to tune in and subscribe and to make sure you listen to it on wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to play you out with our brother-in-law and expert musician, and his buddy with the band Rhetoric. Rhetoric. As we leave you, we will see you next time on Spilled Popcorn. Peace!